You're listening to Way J, Grand Junction's OG Waylon Jordan, with on-demand content from Town Square Media's 99.9 KEKB in Grand Junction, Colorado. You're listening to Way J, Grand Junction's OG Waylon Jordan, with on-demand content from Town Square Media's 99.9 KEKB in Grand Junction, Colorado. Appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for coming in. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Now, I want to discuss with you a, really a landmark, a, an icon in the Valley, Robinson Theater, built in 1965 at CMU, back then Mesa College, long before Mesa State College, and certainly before Colorado Mesa University. Big things are happening with Robinson Theater, specifically its dismantling, its destruction, its replacement. May I ask what's going on? Well, what's interesting is that it was going to be dismantling and destruction, and now it looks like it probably is not going to be that. I see. Um, Yeah, so we are building an entirely new theater, which will be located over by the Maverick Hotel. Uh, It's going to be a beautiful 850-seat theater, two balconies. We think it'll be the biggest stage in western Colorado and be set up for the shows we do, productions we do, theater and dance in our theater department, um, concerts through the music program, as well as being able to present shows, dance, music, theater, concerts for the community. So at 850 seats, that's a little over 200 seats larger than what you have now. Is that correct? Yeah, it's pushing 300 seats larger, yeah. Okay, so Robinson Theater, it's been around a while, 1965. I can remember they're going in, going there in the 70s. Laura, let's see, you weren't born here, but you grew up in Grand Junction. I didn't? went to high school here and, and went to went to Mesa back in the 90s, yeah. Right, so you were performing performing on the Robinson stage back in certainly the 80s. Is that well, the true? 90s, yeah. Okay, in the 90s. You've mm-hmm. been performing on that stage a long time. Now, we used to call it Walter Walker, Walter Walker Fine Arts Center. Back in the early 90s, it was rechristened Robinson Theater in honor of William Robinson, Bill Robinson, who's pulled out of retirement to come in and do a production. He did The Sound of Music. I believe that was 91. Correct me if it I'm sounds wrong. Sounds about right. That was yeah. 91. <laughs> I played in the pit orchestra for that one. Great production. Incredible production. Bill Robinson, what a what a great man. Uh, he had been the well, professor emeritus. He had been the head of the theater department for a while. Put on a great production. Uh, he was... Uh, he was Energetic, a little on the volatile <laughs> side. Yes, can, yes. But what a great guy. And, and they rechristened it Robinson Theater back in the early 90s. Now, first of all, the new facility, and I asked Darren Kamster a while back, and he didn't know the answer to this. Will it be called Robinson Theater? I think that's still a question. Because the old Robinson Theater is not going to be torn down, we're actually going to it's, – it's going to be updated and maybe made a little more intimate than it currently is because we'll have this new theater. So I think it's still actually going to be online in the future, which is actually kind of exciting. So that may still be the Robinson Theater on – you know, in perpetuity, but I think mm-hmm. some of those decisions have, have not been made yet. And one thing, though, I want to clarify. I think there's a lot of concern when this first was – announced. People said, hey, wait a minute. I thought that new dance studio was brand new, state-of-the-art, and the new workshop. When we say Robinson Theater, we're talking about just Robinson Theater, part of the Moss Performing Arts Center. Am I correct on that? That is correct. And the dance studio is going to stay there. Um, the, The shop, all of that is going to still be the same as it as it is now. So it's a very different, it's different than what we were talking about six, nine months ago when we were talking about doing a teardown and a rebuild of that section of the Robinson Theater and then adding studio space and a new theater. And um, we just 
discovered that there were enough obstacles to that plan in terms of its uh, cost and in terms of where it actually sat on that corner of the north and uh, 12th, where we were going to struggle with parking and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. this is actually a, a really great um, opportunity for for the university and for the campus to create a really extraordinary new performing arts facility. I see it as it stands right now, Robinson Theater. It's a nice piece of real estate, and it has the theater. It has the well, the shop area behind it, The what used to be the band room, which is now storage, dressing rooms, and yeah. there's some excellent facility there. Yeah, yeah, there is. But what's going to be nice about this new theater, too, is there will be a, there'll be a, a workshop uh, for assembling sets, and we'll have a metal um, facility in that, too. Uh, there'll be much bigger dressing rooms for larger shows, for uh, dance concerts, for um, touring shows. Uh, it's going to have a pretty cool little donor room, and then it's going to have this kind of second-level private box section. Um, so that's going to be a. It's there's no other theater like that uh, in the in Colorado that I'm aware of. So on that note, as we discuss this new theater and its impact on the community. I would like to address one thing with you, though. You were named Colorado's Theater Person of the Year by the Denver Post here 12 years ago. Can you tell me about that? Well, it was a long time. hardly remember. It was so long ago. I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure it. if I haven't lead. That's correct. It was when I was running the Creed Repertory Theater uh, down in southwestern Colorado. And um, it was a great uh, honor. And I was, you know, felt very gratified by that. Um, we were producing a lot of shows uh, down in Creed. And I'm very gratified that that theater, even in spite of all of the struggles of the last couple of years with COVID and everything, mm. that the theater is doing really well. It's a robust organization off in the middle of nowhere, town of 400 people. And we were playing to about 50,000 people a year. So okay, it's so, kind of cool. Right, exactly. Now, on that note, let's fast forward to today. A new theater is being built, 850 seats, state of the art. And you get to be a part of this. It may I ask to what degree you're being incorporated into its development, design, acoustics? May I ask? I, 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 we're in meetings once or twice a week, uh, Darren Kempster and I. So we have, a, I think, a pretty good finger in the pie of its creation. And I'm, I'm very glad about that. It's been quite a roller coaster ride because we're still making, you know, there's, the, there's budget implications for everything you try to do. You know, everything mm-hmm. you want has to be held in um, regard to some other consideration you're trying to figure out. But I'm very, I, I'm very happy that uh, President Marshall, the team that's over there, has has really been um, wonderful in allowing us to participate deeply in those conversations. So, if I may ask, and kind of on a personal level, but you're a, a performer, a professor, a teacher. Now you're being dragged into budget meetings. You're, be- how do you feel about that? Well, I was running the Creed Theaters. I've been in budget meetings for the last <laughs> 25 years, so like that's just part of the deal, and I don't. I, I've never had a, I kind of like being part of that process in a way because I, you know, allocating resources is where it's part of the big, you know, those are decisions that are important that are being made. Mm-hmm. And so if I can be part of those decisions, then um, I actually like being part of those decisions. So then Laura, as communications and market development manager, and I've known you to run the box office, are you being incorporated as well? Well, my job right now really is to um, support 
Robin Brown and the foundation and what she needs in terms of fundraising, um, and also just to continue to tell the story of the performing arts at CMU and kind of elevate the you know what the students are doing, the importance of the arts in the in the valley. I haven't been as intimate as Mo has been in in, in develop the development of the new theater, but I hope to become more involved in that as, a, as the process goes along. So, Mo, let me put this to you. You just mentioned 850 seats, not to mention brand new, state-of-the-art. Well, at 850 seats, quite frankly, that gives a lot of theaters in the Broadway area, the Theater District of Manhattan. A lot of those are 850, 950, yeah. 1,000 tops. So would this be an accurate statement? The students at CMU performing in that theater are going to be having access to something comparable, if not superior, to what they might encounter when they graduate and walk out into the performing world. I think, Waylon, that's not an overstatement. I think that's actually true. And you go to Broadway, and I go to New York theater all the time, and uh, this really will be superior <laughs> to a lot of the theaters in New York. Well, the Majestic Theater, where Phantom's been running for <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. That seat's thousand, maybe? Is that about right? That's, that, that I don't know for sure, but right. it could be something around like that. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's fallen apart. <laughs> yeah, some of those some of those old Broadway theaters are pretty, yeah, you, they're surprising because they're fairly small houses. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the theater district where people are doing really cool, interesting work are little 200-seat theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the size of the theater doesn't matter that much, but the possibilities in terms of creativity and imagination that this will unlock for us and for our students is really extraordinary. Really, 850 seats is kind of a sweet spot, isn't it? It, it actually is a sweet spot. Yeah, we did some analysis about this and just in terms of the kinds of things that we can produce and the kind of cost benefit of it, 850 is a is a sweet spot. So if I may ask, so the Avalon seats about one. Thousand. Mm-hmm. They bring in acts that sell roughly one thousand tickets with eight hundred and fifty seats. Would you? Would this new theater be available to sources outside of CMU to that, rent? It definitely is, and that's the intent: is that it'll be a will be able to present things that, and also things that the Avalon. We won't, you know, we're good friends with the Avalon, and uh, I think it's a great organization. But I think we'll be able to do some things in this new theater that the Avalon won't be able to do just because we have the backstage facilities that they don't have. Right. So the Avalon Theater, if you go back in time a little bit, (laughs) productions, there is no backstage. Yeah. So the actors would actually have to exit out one side, go around the alley. Hopefully the door would be open so they're going (laughs) the other side. That went on for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got that that beat. So I'm going to ask you a huge question right now. This new theater, as exciting as it is, obviously great for Colorado Mesa University, but the public as a whole, how does a facility such as this, and and what it does, does, we're not talking about a structure, we're talking about an entity here, a theater. How's this going to benefit Western Colorado? I think it'll unlock the door to arts experiences that Western Colorado hasn't had before. I think that's really the benefit. And it's going to benefit students at the university. It's going to benefit um, the professors. It's going to benefit the university. But it's really going to benefit the community as well and all of Western Colorado because there's not going to be anything else like it between Denver and Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the post-COVID world. A while back, a while back, you couldn't hold a concert. Then here not too long ago, earlier this year, an artist, upcoming Texas artist by the name of Cody Johnson, hadn't even had his first hit yet, came to the, the amphitheater here in town, sold out, 
6,000 tickets in about an hour. People are ready for that live experience again, aren't they? I, I feel like they are. Everything I've gone to, concerts, art um, openings. yeah, art openings, everything is packed right now because there's this pent-up demand. People want to have that live experience, that community experience, that art experience that, that we didn't weren't able to have for a couple of years. Okay, now I, I listened to another podcast you did, and you, you'd made a comment about Robinson Theater, specifically about the acoustics. Yeah. Robinson was never known for being a particularly live theater, and, and the raking or the rake of the seats is in many ways not ideal. It's yeah. Wonder, it's, it's served its purpose so well for Beautifully, close yeah. to 60 years. But we're looking at a, a step up here beyond just the, the seats. When it comes to uh, – there are people, there's a profession of people that go to theaters and work out the acoustics. And we have an opportunity – you have an opportunity to do this now. Is that – am I on track? That's for sure. And there's a lot of – we have um, uh, consultants that are acousticians that are working on and we're making decisions all the time about how how flexible can this space be acoustically um, because different, you know, different – presentations, different productions are going to demand different things. So we're trying to create it as quiet and as um, flexible acoustically as possible. So I think um, based on other theaters that I've been in that some of these consultants have worked in, it's going to be a huge upgrade acoustically from where Robinson is right now. And when it comes to this process and probably the meetings that you're attending, there are, there are construction companies that build theaters. That is what they do. There mm-hmm. are acousticians that, that work out the acoustics, electrical that works the, the sound. My guess is you are dealing with advisors, consultants, contractors, right and left, a lot of specialists in the area. Yeah, there's these. we're having these specialty me- meetings around AV, lighting, projections, all sorts of things like that. Each group has like a consulting team. I'm always surprised there's 25 people in a room trying to figure out how to build this because theaters are complicated spaces with a lot of technology. And you want to be at the forefront of that. You know, you want to be kind of thinking about what's going to be happening 5, 10, 15 years from now, too. Mm-hmm. So as a professional in your industry, when you're sitting in on these, is this challenging your 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 experience? Is this cha- pushing you in new, di- new directions? Uh, no question. I, a lot of times they're talking over my head, so I have to figure out what we're actually talking about and become better educated in terms of my own understanding of some of the technological possibilities. So then, Laura, when it comes to the execution, when this new theater opens... Patrons are coming in. Uh, what will your role be at that time? Well, I hope I'll continue to be um, leading the efforts in PR and um, marketing and branding, and just uh, and also helping with with um, you know events. And I'm really excited about the possibilities of really thinking outside the box of what kinds of things that we present there, and and um, and just what we're going to be able to do and how to communicate that to the to the community and help people to feel welcome in the space. Now, in years past, I've attended a dance recital hosted by a local dance school. Uh, sorry, we can't think of the, the company right now. They hold the big Christmas there, the Christmas event. Might be. It might be. Could be Absolute, absolute Dance. dance. Yeah. Absolute yeah. Dance. I went to yeah. that for years. So an organization like that could approach to use that space. Are you the contact sure. on that? Um, I don't know that I'd be the contact for programming, but I would certainly be working with organizations um, to liaison with their marketing efforts and to help them get the word out. Um, and yeah, to, to help just to organize everything. So with the new theater, first of all, Governor Polis approved 
to the tune of $39 million, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay. CMU threw in some money as well, but there's still some work to be done. And someone yeah. such as myself or those in, anyone in the community can get involved. How can that happen? There is a capital campaign that's being run by Robin Brown through the CMU Foundation. And so, and we're really... Uh, we'll need some additional support. Um, we did get $40 million from the state. I think we're intending to raise about another $10 million. So we do need <laughs> some additional support uh, to do it. I don't know if you have other... Uh, I know that Doug and Jamie Simmons from Instrum are They're leading. working closely with Robin on their steering committee. We have we do have a webpage, um, coloradomesa.edu slash setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people want to learn more, if they want to, there's a donate button in there. There's information about what we're doing, and we're trying to update it as things are coming coming uh, up and changing. Now, this is a personal opinion, but I've, I have done this before. When a family member passed away, you make a, a donation, in this case, not tremendous, in their name. And it's immortalized, and it's a really a rewarding experience for those left behind. Would that be a, a, a wise investment in, Absolutely. in your opinion? Sure. I mean, this is a theater that's going to be there for a long time to come, and, and there will be ways that, that everyone who, who supports this effort is, is going to be remembered and, and immortalized in, in one way or another. We haven't I, figured out the details of that. but Yeah, we haven't figured out the details, but I know the theater that I helped with down in uh, Creed, um, we built a new little black box theater down there, and there's a legacy wall down there, and my name's on that. And it, every time I walk into that theater, it just makes me feel <laughs> makes me feel good. So that we will have some opportunities like that to acknowledge people that have given to, to this project. Right, and there's something similar, actually a couple on the walls right now. There are, yeah. So, Laura, could I have that web address one more time? Sure. It's um, coloradomesa.edu slash setting dash the dash stage. (laughs) Good for (laughs) you. Gotta have the dashes That was good. It's important. (laughs) So as exciting as the new theater is, and I'm very excited about this, I would like to reflect a little bit on Robinson Theater. You know, if we go back to the 70s, you'd call it Walter Walker. And then in the early 90s, William J. Robinson Theater, Bill Robinson. If I just off the top of my head, I'm going to throw out some names. Uh, Rich Cowden, uh, Julie Ragsdale. Now, these went on, Rich went on to Green Shoe Theater Company, went on to be a big-time pro. He actually came back for a while to, to run the department. Some r- remarkable talent has come out of that theater over the years, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, how rewarding is that for you and your two professions? Not to get too sentimental, but relating that to the space from which they came. Yeah, I I, I met um, Bill Robinson sort of late in his life, and um, and he had some wonderful advice for me. I mean, he was the impresario of theater in Grand Junction for many years. When I was um, a high school sophomore, uh, me and a uh, And our little troop from high school over Evergreen High School over on the Front Range came to Grand Junction and to the the Robinson Theater to do a a theater festival. And it felt like the big city to me, like it it seemed impressive to me at the time. And uh, so it was uh, a starting place actually for my own uh, little contribution to, to theater on the Western Slope. 
So on that note, if I can amplify that a little bit, and I was thinking about this this morning, when Bill Robinson came back for that one production, The Sound of Music, back in the early 90s, I played in the pit orchestra. Probably two-thirds of that pit orchestra, the students, the CMU students in that pit orchestra, were from the front range. Handful of them from Greeley, where you have UNC with one of the largest music programs yeah. in a four-state region. Mm-hmm. Why are students coming to this side of the mountain? There's got to be a reason. Well, I think we have um, just an outstanding faculty that um, works over at the university, um, both on the music and theater side, dance side, have all been working in the industry. And I think the value that we provide in terms of education, in terms of um, experience, is second to none in Colorado. That's my feeling about it. I think we're, we're it's a, a great value to come over here and get r- super personalized, um, intense, deep training with excellent faculty. Mm. And Laura, did you experience the same thing with dance? Sure. I mean, the the dance um, program when I was in it in the 90s was much smaller, but it was, you know, it was such a, I was a local student, but it was such a, um, an intimate and still is such an intimate department. I mean, some of, some of my, my closest friends were from that era. I went to school with Julian Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I might've been in the last production that Bill Robinson directed in the mid nineties and, and just kind of, yeah, the, the variety of things we got to do because it was a smaller, smaller department, um, the experiences that we got to have, it was, um, yeah, one of the, one of the highlights of my life. And yet as intimate as it was, uh, eventually the new dance studio was built, which near as I can tell is the envy of the entire state of Colorado. I've, I've heard people from Aspen say yeah. they would kill yeah. to have what we have. Absolutely. After school, I, I left and went off and was a dancer in other places. And I, I came back and I, every chance I get, I say to these students, you know, enjoy this amazing studio while you have it, because some of the places you're going to rehearse when you leave here, are <laughs> not anywhere near what you have. And that brings us back to the new, this fantastic space that is coming. First of all, uh, construction begins. I know that's nebulous, but do we have a rough idea? I think we're talking about groundbreaking in March, actually. Yeah, so... Projected, again, hard to tell, but a projected completion date? uh, President John Marshall almost concludes every meeting with saying, we're opening this theater August 2024. (laughs) In the meantime, students will continue, for example, a theater student, your next production will be held where? Uh, in the Robinson Theater, actually. Okay. Actually, our next production will be in the in the black box in the Met. But then we'll, well, the we'll be doing... The dance concert is in the Robinson. Oh, well, that's that's correct. <laughs> so actually, the next dance concert will be in the Robinson Theater. Then we'll be in the Met. Then we'll be back in the Robinson. And that will continue into next year as well. And when it comes to your role of recruiting students, and there's always incoming students with this new theater, is this going to be uh, make uh, your your function... Oh, easier. my God. <laughs> I can't tell you. I really can't tell you. I, I go, we go out a lot to recruit in the state. We, I was actually just in New Jersey to do some recruiting. Um, we go to Texas, we go to New Mexico, we go to Utah. Um, I've been into theaters, high school theaters that um, actually make our theater, the Robinson, unfortunately, uh, don't they don't compare that well. Um, so to have a, a beautiful new facility that's state-of-the-art um, to walk recruits into is really going to make a huge difference to our um, to um, the, um, the quality of student I think we get in the future as well. 
Well, I for one. Quantity and quality. <laughs> as fond as I am of Robinson Theater, and I'm actually, until 15 minutes ago, I did not know that it was going to remain. I was yeah. actually a little teary-eyed, the, the very thought of it, of yeah. it coming down. Yeah. I mean, it's a theater. It's a building, but it's so much more. Uh, the, when you think about Waylon, just like the, the, the quantity of people that have really deep, intimate, um, life-changing experience is in a theater like that, from students, performers, um, patrons. It's imbued with uh, deep resonance in a community over a, over a lifetime. It is more than a building. It means a lot. Yeah, we had... We had um, Guys and Dolls in there recently, and I, I was reflecting about that because we had Peter and Carleen Gold, Goldthwaite, who were students in the 70s and, mm-hmm. and met at Mesa, and they were in the show. And it's just really made me think about all of the people that have come through right. that theater. From personal experience, go back earlier this year, I performed on the Robinson stage. I assumed at that time for my last time, it was a jazz concert. I was not at all pleased with my performance. I did not play. I've played that stage a thousand times, I was. I did not play well. As yeah. you exit out of that main hallway, there's a huge trash compactor. <laughs> yeah. I gave serious thoughts to taking my base, <laughs> doing the world a favor and throwing that thing right in the trash compactor. But at the same time, the best performance I've ever had in my life was on Robinson stage. Yeah, it was 18 years ago, 20 years ago. My, I've had high points, low points in this wonderful room. Yeah. The Robinson Theater. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited about the new facility, but I'm so emotionally attached to Robinson. I'm actually pleased as I stand here to know that it's not going to see a wrecking ball in the next month, as I had originally thought. That's what yeah. we were all thinking, and I feel the same way about it. I've had, you know, I've, I've directed a lot of shows. I've now produced, you know, um, scores of shows in, in that in that theater and had really beautiful experiences in that building and in on that theater and with with um, artists and actors and friends and colleagues. And it's yeah, it means it's meaningful. Those those spaces. They truly are. We've been speaking with Mo Lemmy, head of the Department of Theater Arts at Colorado Mesa University and Laura Bradley, communications and market development manager from Colorado Mesa University. I thank you both for your time and I wish you great luck with the new theater. Thanks. Thank I can't wait to see you perform up on the Robinson and maybe on the new theater yeah. sometime soon. I look forward to it.